just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Queer SLP, a podcast for the LGBTQ plus professional. Join two chatty speech language pathologists as we deep dive into queer culture, evidence-based research, and work-related issues. The Queer SLP's mission is to establish a sense of community, discuss informative content, and provide a space for other proud professionals to share their stories. Hi, my name is Natalie, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name's Hector, and my pronouns are he, him. Welcome to the Queer SLP. Today is a very special day because we are recording in the same room together. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's been so long since Natalie moved away. And this is the first time that we get to record because Natalie, what are you doing here? I am in Seattle putting finishing touches on the wedding. Yay. We have all these meetings this week with the caterer and with the wedding venue. And we had our engagement photos taken. All these things that have to be done in person or doing this week while I'm on spring break from work. So here I am and having fun and seeing all my friends and, of course, recording with you. And it happens to be really sunny this week. Yes, it's great. It's been beautiful weather for the most part. And I'm just really happy to be here. I'm reminded of the things that I don't like about Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, OK, it was a good decision for me to move. Cause like I am driving in Seattle traffic and like yelling at people and like my blood pressure is going up and up and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great that I moved away from all the traffic, <laughs> but it's just been great to see my friends because I miss them. Yeah. It's hard to believe you moved away in November. Like that yeah. was last decade. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the end of March. So it's been, it's been several months. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh. Is that your check-in? How are you? That's my check-in. I mean, and I'm good. Good. Work is good. And you're working in person. I'm working in person. Is it full-time? Part-time. Okay. I'm doing like three kind of half days, okay. which is honestly all I can handle right now with all the other things going on in my life. Because in addition to planning a wedding, we're also building a house. Oh yeah, you bought the land. We bought some land and we've been working with an architect to design a house and we should be hopefully, fingers crossed, breaking ground sometime this spring. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you like really get into the design piece of it or were you kind of like, here's my, you know, cookie cutter box? Oh no, we really, we wanted a unique house that was not a cookie cutter box. It's going to be cool. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited for you. Yeah. So that's up with me. What's up with you? What's going on, Hector? So many things. This week, we started back in person over in my school district. So I was in full on PPE. We're talking face mask, face shield, gown, gloves, the whole shebang. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really hot, right? Really intense. And, and the reason why for the PPE for, to that extent is because one of my placements is in developmental preschool. Right. So I'm working with three to five year olds who have difficulty keeping socially distant, but also keeping their masks on, let alone their germs as any typical three to five year old would. And, you know, to be honest, the whole first day was just reintroducing, like following an adult's lead. 
Because <laughs> you've been not doing that for a whole year. So the tears were real. The pushback was real. Some kids were, you know, much better at it than others. But, um, you know, I think it's all for all of us. It's a steep learning curve before the end of the school year. So that's that. I've also started dating a guy recently. <laughs> Knock on wood, by the time this episode comes out, that is still the case. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you've, you've been on several dates yeah. with this person. Yeah, more, you know, like we are exclusive. Ooh. The label isn't there yet, but I am in my 30s and I'm in no rush to call anybody a label or even need a label necessarily. I'd rather have like the actions. Other than that, you know, same old, same old. I mean, I guess not really same old. Lots of changes, to be honest, for both of us. <laughs> same old, same old, as in nothing is the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, things are going great with the podcast. We all have a lot of good things coming for you. Mm -hmm. We're looking into our merch. Lots of exciting things coming. That's where we're at. Also, today is, in case anybody... You know, whenever this comes out, and at least it's Transgender Visibility Day. It, yes, we're recording this on March 31st. Yeah. So happy Transgender Visibility Day, everyone. Yeah. Hope it was good. Yeah, hope it was good. Hope you uplifted or were able to uplift trans voices wherever you are. It's so much needed right now, given the... The state of our country. Yes, the state of our country. Bunch of dum-dums out there. Bunch of dum-dums that are in... Higher up positions. <laughs> right. Well, how did they get there? Yeah. I'm like, who wanted uh, you? <laughs> but we have a kind of a fun episode today. We do. We were chatting with a future proud professional mm -hmm. and we got on the topic of the type of SLP that exists out there. And is there a type? Yeah. Like that a personality like type. A right. personality type. Oftentimes, I think we've all heard this in grad school that you need to be type A in order to not only get through grad school, but also just to be an SLP. And so we wanted to unpack that. And so if you are actually a follower on our Instagram page, you will have noticed that recently we sent out a poll asking what your Enneagram type was. Also, if you thought that there was a type, just kind of make note of it. We did originally ask what your Myers-Briggs personality type was, but we're all about growth and acknowledgement here. And so we did want to acknowledge that we took that out of as far as, you know, using that specific type and tool for our episode, just given the information that was provided that there were some racist undertones and background history related to one of the creators of that test. We want to acknowledge that that is part of the development of that particular personality test. You know, as we talk about it, I want to note that that the Myers-Briggs is often used in research to determine personality. And we need to question the validity of those kinds of studies when the development of that test has the racist background that it has. Right. Especially because I don't know why we don't think about it in that way. We I think if I think about any standardized test, right, if I were to give the self, if I were to give something like that, and I immediately think of how the sample was normed before I even think about measuring that with somebody else. But with personality tests, we don't really think about it that way, at right. least for my lens. I don't know. How about you? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't necessarily think about it. I suppose we could look at something like the Myers-Briggs the same way that we would look at a standardized test that we use. Yeah. Like, for example, with the self, when you, you know, a good SLP anyway, in my opinion, <laughs> will interpret that with 
with caution, no matter when, you know, no matter who they're administering it to, because it doesn't take into account cultural background very well. A lot of tests don't. You know, I'm not specifically calling out the self, but a lot of the tests that we use to qualify people for services don't take into account their culture. And so I think that, you know, just like we do that for our speech and language tests, we should also take into account that personality tests don't take into account people's culture and using those with caution. And I know that some people even have had to take personality tests for employment. Especially and, in the private sector. Yeah. And just, yeah. and just questioning whether or not that's a good practice. Right. When a personality test doesn't account for certain things. Right. Again, myself and Natalie had no idea the racist background of the Myers-Briggs test. And again... We didn't know. So not everyone is going to know this. But I think the the point of what we're trying to get at is that, you know, the more you know, the more you grow. And even with something that we think is going to be for fun, like a personality test can be putting people into a box that we don't need to put people into boxes. I don't know about you, Hector, but um, I sort of view personality tests a little bit like a horoscope. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, right? I mean, horoscopes aren't... Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to be mean to do people. It. Do it. <laughs> but in my opinion, horoscopes aren't real, right? Uh-huh. They're for entertainment purposes. Right. And so when I do a personality test, I'm like, oh, well, that was entertaining, but I don't take it as gospel. Right. What is your sign? Pisces. Oh, so someone's going to be like, oh, it sounds typical for a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, same thing with me because I was like, yeah, the Libra in me is trying to listen to all sides of your argument here. <laughs> but no, yeah, and, and, and it is in jest. Like, and, and, you know, as the queer SLP, as we think about this, you know, I'm hoping people get away from practices of using this in the professional setting as, as for hiring because it, again you may inadvertently be not only like selling your company short, but selling great potential short just because of something that has disproportionately affected certain populations into being what is quote undesirable versus desirable. Have you ever had to take a personality test for job? Oh my gosh, no, but I would, I don't know what I would do if I, as an SLP, if someone's like, what's your personality test? Because I think for me, I'd be like, well, I'm not doing this. You know, like, I think maybe that has something to do with my personality, (laughs) but I would be really offended by that. I think I would question it so hard because I, again, going from our field where I'm like, well, what is that normed off of? You know, like I would question it so hard. What about you? Yes. What? I Well, I did not end up taking the job, but, um, and honestly, part of it was the personality test was a real turnoff. Yeah. Because it was like this huge, like, questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why do they need to know this stuff? Right. But yeah, I applied for a job at a private practice. And as part of their interview process, they had me fill out a personality test. And I just was like, why is this relevant to my work? Right. Like, if you want to know what kind of person I am, you've met me in the interview. Right. You can call my references and ask them, is she easy to work with? Mm -hmm. Like, what exactly is that going to tell you? Right. But again, if you consider that I view it kind of like a horoscope, 
that makes sense that I would be like, well, why? But like any other good assessment, they like you could do a file review or you can actually get eyes on the student and test, you know, like how much can you really put weight into that? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, with that in mind, we wanted to make note of the history of personality tests that they do not fully represent every population equitably, I guess. Yeah. But we did want to have a little bit of fun and unpack what our listeners viewed themselves. And so we use the Enneagram to measure that. And so I think we can start by going over what the Enneagram is. And basically, it is another personality test. But let's just go over the nine different types. Again, you take a test and it tells you what you are based off of percentages, right? It asks right? you all these questions and yep. you have to like, on a scale of five, you have to agree or disagree with certain statements. Mm-hmm. How many questions were there? I think there was like 50 or 60. Okay. A lot. Okay. So let's go over. I'll start with. So the first one is the number one. So that is the reformer. And that type is the rational, idealistic type. Principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionist. Again, we're getting this from the EnneagramInstitute.com. Yeah. Number two is the helper. The caring, interpersonal type demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. You know, I love how they add like the extra one at the end where I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm critical. You, you don't want everyone to feel like, oh, I'm so wonderful in all these things. Right. Like, also, you've got to watch out for that possessiveness. Right. Uh, number three, the achiever. The success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. See, they did it again. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Number four is the individualist, the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. <laughs> like me in Seattle traffic. Yep. Number five, the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Okay. Number six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, Engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. That's a very specific word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm starting to notice a pattern in the way I'm reading these, yeah. where I'm like seeing the last one with like, oh my, right, this is a shocker, right. It, it is a spicy one at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> number seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, dis- oh, distractible. <laughs> I can't read and scattered. Yeah. <laughs> You did it. Number eight is the challenger, the powerful dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And number nine, the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Ooh, complacent. That's an interesting one. (laughs) There's a bunch of like judgy words at the end of all of these. It's like, you know, you're all right, but really... You've got this problem. Right. Like, this is where you are. Um, (laughs) So anyway, we did an Instagram poll. And these were the results of said poll. 2.9% of our... And I forgot what our N was. Sorry. Off the top of my head. But (laughs) 2.9%. No, bad bad researcher here. Uh, there's, uh, by the way, there are a lot of confounding variables. (laughs) Um, So the reformer, 2.9%. So not a lot of reformers. No. What's next? 
Um, I don't know which one. This way. It goes this way. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> oh, you did it in order. Oh, okay. <laughs> he made a little pie chart. I did a pie chart. <laughs> um, the helper was 21.4%. That's a lot. I'm a helper. Oh, yeah. I was number two, like hardcore number two. Okay. Like unhealthy number two. Number two was in my top, but yeah. it was not my absolute top. Mm. Number three, the achiever, we had 12.9% of responders. Mm. And then number four, the individualist, which was my top. 11.4%. Hmm. The investigator, we had 15.7% of you. The loyalist was 8.6%. The enthusiast was 7.1%. The challenger was 8.6%. And the peacemaker was 11.4%. Right. So I'm not going to lie. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was introduced to Enneagram from somebody and they were like, yeah, you're a really strong too, like super unhealthy, like you have no boundaries. And then that's when I started going to therapy. But Yay, <laughs> like, therapy. thanks for the realization, Enneagram. And that was on a date and that there was no oh. second date after that. Yeah, no. So anyway, uh, with that in mind, knowing that 21.4% of us are helpers, again, I'm not surprised because we are a helping profession. Right. So... It lends itself to believe maybe there is a type of SLP. But you were also a individualist. Was that yours? Yeah, I'm going to look at my things. I just did this right before we started recording. Right. Cause what a Pisces. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, I it was an 83% match for a two. Mm -hmm. I was a 98% match for the four. That's a lot, so That's right? a big one. Yeah. And then my other one that I kind of matched was 84% match for number seven. Mm, which so is sevens want to have fun and, and adventure. Yeah. And are easily bored. I would say that's probably true. Mm -hmm. I like to have fun and adventure. I would, moved to Seattle on a fun and adventure. Would you say you are self-absorbed and temperamental? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I, I mean, oh, because number four is uh, self-absorbed and temperamental. I would say that definitely I have my moments with temperamental. Okay. I, I mean, I think if someone met me, they wouldn't say, oh, wow, she's got a temper on her. But if I'm like tired or like frustrated, then I do get cranky. Okay. I was going to say, does hangry count? Because I'm always temperamental oh, when I'm hangry. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm hungry or, or tired or whatever, then, but I think that's everybody. Right. Like I have no patience for that. <laughs> Right. I have no patience I for need food. <laughs> um, so yeah, with the helper, I definitely am generous in that like, I always think that my, my therapist always says like your bucket gets too filled and then it go overflows. And then mm -hmm. that's when like shit hits the fan for you. People pleasing? Totally. Yeah. Are you possessive? Okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to not be like, I try to be conscious of that. Because I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. But everything I try to interact with, I make it about me in that way. Not necessarily in a self-centered way, but I'm like, oh, you rejected me because that's about me. So I'm trying to, I own a lot of things that are not mine to own. But I also try to own people. And I'm like, like, especially with friendships or even relationships. I'm like, oh, so you don't, you're like, okay, you, you know, like you're going to do that. Okay, that's, a you know, I take things very personally and I'm trying to not. So... Yeah, I think the the great thing about an Enneagram, even if it is for fun, is that 
even if you find your personality, you're not set in stone with what it says you are. You can even like be like, oh, yeah, that is something that I do a lot. I could probably work on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the results of our test. And so now I'm wondering, let's go back to our original question, which was, is there a type Mm-hmm. personality-wise for SLPs. Oftentimes, like we said, you get type A or type B, which kind of relates to this. And I have to wonder, what are your thoughts on being a type A SLP? Were you that? Are you that? <laughs> I laugh because <laughs> I am not at all type A. But I was always under the impression that you had to be type A Mm. to be a good speech therapist and that if you weren't, then you were somehow deficient. Right. And it took me a long time to get over that. How long? Oh, God, years and years. Yeah. And, you know, I've had experiences in the past where colleagues have felt like my methods are too, like, freewheeling. Really? That... You know, because I'm very child-led in my therapy. Ooh, same, same, same. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've gotten criticism for people saying that, you know, my therapy is too loud or that I don't get enough data or that it's just, it's not how it should be done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't spend a lot of time sitting at a table making kids go through flashcards. Right. <laughs> so... And I had this experience, especially at one of a job that I had many years ago, where someone actually said something to my boss, like not a colleague, said something to my boss about, you know, about my methods. Mm-hmm. And my boss totally backed me up and was like, you know, you can take a different road. And if you get to the same destination, it doesn't matter how you got there. Right. As right. long as the results are the same. Right. But yeah, I I think that I spent a lot of my early career thinking that I wasn't organized or type A enough to do this job well. Yeah. But eventually, over time, as I had success in my own career, I stopped being like that. And it's like, you know, actually, I'm a pretty kick-ass speech therapist. Right, right. And the way that I do things is for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think the more that I'm in this career and the more that I meet people... I think there's plenty of non-type A SLPs out there. Mm-hmm. I think that we've all just been kind of scared into the, because of type B maybe, and kind of go with the flow. I mean, type B is more like go with the flow, right? Yeah. That we just like, oh, well, we're just going to go over here and do our thing. Sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. I completely agree. Like I similarly like went through grad school thinking that I needed to be type A. People said that like in my program, that that's what you needed to be to be a good SLP. And I knew that wasn't me. Like I am the king of faking it till I'm making it, you know, like, and that's what I did. You know, I thought that I had to fake being a type A SLP in order to have value in this field. When in reality, I don't really care about all of that. How did that make you feel to try and like fit into that box? It never worked. And so I felt even worse. Like that's the problem was that it was like this, it was cyclical. Like in that point, like every year I'd always be like, I'm going to take really good data this year, or I'm going to be really on it with X, Y, and Z. And I never am, but I guarantee you, you ask any parent or child that I work with, they will say that I 
have such a good relationship with them. You know, like their kid loves coming to speech therapy. And I value that more and more. I'm learning to value that more as a professional versus, you know, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not saying one that, you know, good, <laughs> good data isn't a bad thing. But and and nor am I knocking any type A SLPs out no, there. No, we're not knocking any type A by SLPs. By any means, you know, but but that is the I think one of the things I want to ask, and we kind of went through this with our interviewee that we were working with, is why do we value that more in our field? Why is being type A valued more instead of just acknowledging that there's different types of SLPs out there? And I don't want to say this is just the message that I got. I'm pretty sure like this is what is expected out of all of us to be type A, to be like on it. Yes, and to have an activity for every session that is put together perfectly. And mm-hmm. yeah, and to just have, yeah, all your data in order and be really organized. And, and you know, I understand that that our profession is based in science, mm-hmm. right? And by nature of what it is, science has to be organized and it has you have to look at things from all angles and be very data-driven. And obviously with insurance companies and everything, you have to be data-driven to get compensated. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's where it comes from a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is that like, oh, you know, it's a science-based profession. And I think that sometimes the art of our profession gets kind of shoved to the side because of the science. Right. But I feel like we can get to a point where the art and the science is valued. You know, some people are more science-driven with the way that they work. Right. And some people are more art-driven with the way that they work. Neither is better than the other. Right. But both have value. Right. And I think that's the point we're trying to make is you can't just value one. You know, you have to kind of like the human component that exists within our field and and other fields like ours, you can't measure that with just data. You have to be able to interact with people. And I feel like as a type B personality, that's a strength that I did not feel was celebrated in my training. Like it was not like, you know, you need to be, you know, like, where's your clipboard while you're playing? You know, and I'm like, I'm playing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) first of all, I'm playing. And this is probably one of the few interactions that is really positive for this kid right now. So does that really matter? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you because I was a grad student. (laughs) (laughs) But now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Be in that moment. You know, like I will. I can't tell you how many times I've had those moments where I'm like, that was a bigger takeaway being in that moment with that student, then making sure that I checked all the, you know, 10 check marks for my Arctic, you know? Well, and if you're so focused on the data, then you could miss that moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but like, for me, I live for those moments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Where like, maybe something clicks with a kid. Yeah. You just see the, you see the light go on and they like, they get it. Yeah. And if you're focusing on marking down your data, you might miss that magical moment yeah. where they just go, oh. Right. It happened to me the other day in one of my sessions. I was working with a kid and like his, I could just see the light go on. It was like, I could almost hear that click. I was just, <laughs> was like, oh my goodness, it happened. I'm so glad I was here to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I think one thing that we are getting at in our podcast in general is that to value 
all kinds of people Mm -hmm. for what they bring to the table. Right. Whether that be gender identity or sexual orientation or their race or their personality type. Mm -hmm. Right. And that you can value someone's personality type if they're outgoing or if they're introverted. Like there's value to both of those things. Right. You know, if someone's more emotional or unemotional, like those have their own value. Mm -hmm. And we can embrace that in our profession and make it better by embracing it. Right, right. There is no prototype. There is no prototype SLP that's going to just fit everybody's needs, you know, especially because we are recognizing that there is so much diversity within the world. And with that in mind, knowing that we can celebrate everybody's backgrounds, everyone's personality types, and actually encourage like, yeah, you should be an SLP. Because you have that diversity to bring, that uniqueness. I was about to go with uh, RuPaul, like charisma, uniqueness, (laughs) nerve and talent. But um, anyway, with that in mind. I immediately was thinking, you better work. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of where we're trying to go with this is, yes, this is a fun episode to kind of see if there is a type. But I think the main idea that we're trying to get across is that the reality is like, even with all the best tests in the world, there isn't one. There is no one that's going to say this is the best SLP because they have this personality type. Different strokes for different folks, one. And two, like, we all come to this table with our own background and we should celebrate that and continue to celebrate that, especially on Transgender Visibility Day. Yay! I think that that's a great way to wrap up just to say, you know, every personality type, you know, every type of person should be welcome in this profession because the more diverse we are, the better we are. And if you're in a workplace where you have all these different personalities, then you can get all these different viewpoints, right? I mean, we've all been there where you have this client that maybe you just don't get how you're going to help them. But then you hash it out with a colleague who sees things from a different angle and they can help you to figure out where to go next. I've been in that situation numerous times. And so by saying whatever personality type you have, it's okay for you to be that way and you have value and you have worth, you know, that's what we want from this profession. I would say, yeah. And even extending that past SLPs, as we, you know, try to explore professionalism in other fields, like oftentimes people do use these tests very frequently to measure whether or not an, a, a potential employee will be a good fit. And I think one thing that I've learned from, you know, my roommate who works in the private sector says, you know, when you have everybody thinking the same way, they can't problem solve their way out of a box because they all think they, right. They're all thinking the same they way. They all think the same way, and they're trained to think that this is the solution and this is the only way you can solve that problem. And so, what I've noticed is that when we get stuck in personality and what we think is going to be a good contributor or a team member, you find that you've won stopped creativity but like innovation is not a thing you know and so that flexibility that you have to kind of problem solve with other people is it's not there you don't have it so hoping with more and more awareness for fields outside of speech but specifically ours too like to bring it to attention that like yeah we need diversity it's not just with 
race or gender or so sexual orientation. It's it's personality too. That's right. Different ways of thinking and looking at a problem, different mm-hmm. ways of interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Interacting with the world. That's exactly how it is, which is what I would say your personality is. You know, like that's how you interact with the world. With that in mind, it's looking like it's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. The time has come to say goodbye. I but love that song. <laughs> so that's it for us for today. Thanks for joining us on the Queer SLP. Yay! In person. We have a lot coming for you, so stay tuned. And that's it. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Queer SLP. Want to be featured on our Instagram page or be on the show? Check us out at thequeerslp.com for more information. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Queer SLP. If you enjoyed listening, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Bye. Bye.